Man, but that was, yeah, that was the funniest bit we ever did. All right, should we start the show? Yeah. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's your parents watched this. Uh, we got no intro bit this week. Uh, I need to discuss something serious off the top. Um, this is actually going to be my last episode on the podcast just because Kean was being really phobic <laughs> off mic before we started <laughs> recording. So... This is the last Your Parents Watched This with Brad Semituk, um, but Kian's going to start uh, Your Parents Watched This too next week with Shane Gillis as the co-host. <laughs> That's your bit? You're doing Kian as a phobic yeah. again? <laughs> I wanted to do... I wanted, I feel like I never put it down on wax. I really wanted to record the Kian as phobic bit. What do you guys think of it? That's one of my favorite bits that I don't feel like... Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> let's just leave that bit at that all right um yeah so it's your parents watch this we're brought to you here by comedy here often we're brought to you to tell you how the movies your parents watched shape their worldview their generation their dicks their asses and their pussies welcome to the show what movie did we watch this week wall street banger yeah banger not wolf of wall street just wall street just one wall word regular wall street the guy of wall street they call it <laughs> the man of Wall, the two and a half men of Wall Street. Charlie Sheen was in this movie. Yeah, Charlie Sheen was in this movie, and I kept like every time Charlie Sheen had a line, I kept imagining him ending it with something horny and just distracting myself. Yeah, I was waiting for the, the laugh track. I yeah. was waiting for the other one and a half men to pop up. Yeah, yeah Wall Street came out in 1987. It was directed by Oliver Stone. It's about a young and impatient stockbroker who is willing to do anything to get to the top including trading on illegal insider information taken through a ruthless and greedy corporate raider who takes the youth under his wing. Amen. Now, can I uh, kick you a scenario here? Yeah. Do you know Jake, who Jacob Wall is? I do know who Jacob Wall is. Yeah. yeah. So he's this like crazy like right-wing like scammer basically right yeah do you want to he but he like started a fucking stockbroking company when he was like 17 years old or something yeah and like took a bunch of guys money and was like oh we're making millions over here and then just like yeah, lost which, it all by the way they never managed more than 500 grand in assets so one guy killed himself because he lost forty thousand of his dollars i think we might have watched the same YouTube i think video. we did watch the same youtube video but uh, yeah, so in that YouTube video I watched about him, he said that this is his favorite movie and Gordon Gecko is his favorite character. That's fucking very telling. That is a guy who didn't get this movie. But it's also like, so this movie didn't just teach our parents' generation. It also taught our generation because he's like 22. I mean, I feel like this is kind of like a, like this is just Scarface for like, you know, fucking white collar business losers. Yeah. All they had to do to make criminals start talking normal and behaving politely was just make Wall Street. Yeah. Because, like, if this didn't exist, like, Jacob Wool and every character in this movie would just be robbing convenience stores, and that would be the extent of their career. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, well, yeah. It's like, that's that's it's what really... Wall Street atta- attracts, dude, is just guys who want to fucking do crimes, basically. We have a street. There's a little statue that we put on it. It's of a bull. <laughs> so, you know, danger, danger. Ah! Go back to Broadway. Something's going to hit you. <laughs> You're going to get somehow something. <laughs> But yeah, so that was like that was like uh, the Jacob Wall looking up to Gordon Gecko for me. That reminded me of like when Pusha T said, "I only ever looked up to Sosa." Yeah, and it's on like the surface, it's like that's so bad that rules. But and then and you're, you're like, like, maybe you should go to therapy. Yeah, it's like didn't Sosa get shot in his house? Didn't <laughs> didn't no, he... Wall Street end with Gordon Gecko getting wiretapped? <laughs> it's yeah. like your heroes aren't successes. Yeah, everybody. 
everyone's hero, like everyone decides who their hero is at the climax of the movie instead of the end. But also it's like Gordon Gecko through the whole movie. I didn't see anything heroic about him. No, it's like unless you're like a guy who wants to be rich. Yeah, but even but then, then it's, it's like, like if you want to be rich at this point, you should just go to therapy instead because there's just no excuse for wanting to be rich now. I don't know. I think that there is. And that is I hate being poor. He and the capitalist. I'm not a capitalist. I just want to be rich on, off of other people's backs. You're a capitalist. And no, you, you no, work, no. You work for the United Fruit Company and you send death squads out. I'm trying to found a re- banana republic here, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, even though like Gordon Gecko was like so goddamn rich through this movie, he like didn't ever do r- fun rich guy things. Did you notice that? Yeah, like he just had billions of dollars, but he was like literally like he would wake up at the crack of dawn to just fucking go to work, and then like he would work all day at his job, and then go home and like fucking work and do shit. Yeah. And like he's making fun of his dad who like, you know, worked hard all his life and then died penniless and broke. It's like, okay, cool. You're working hard all your life except now you're rich. You're still working hard. Like yeah, that's You're still a loser. You're still a loser. You don't party. Yeah, and that was like the interesting dichotomy I noticed. Like I felt like at the beginning um Charlie Sheen was kind of he, he was walking in his office and they were kind of like pointing out to you some of the older like um brokers there he uh, he worked with who like never really went anywhere like they didn't go get to the gordon gecko level they just stayed like mid uh, you know mid-level brokers Mm. and they were like oh you know that'd be so sad you dedicate your whole life to this and then what it's like fucking that's exactly what gordon gecko did these are just two people who have dedicated their lives to nonsense and then can't reap any of the rewards yeah yeah man this movie like i don't know i don't want to say it made me sick but like it was like gross to watch. It was really gross. Yeah. There's nobody with any sort of realistic grasp on what life's about in the whole movie. You know I, what I think I that find. there was? Who? Um, Charlie Sheen's boss at his first job. The guy who, because uh, like that was the thing about this movie is uh, going into it, I kind of expected it to be just like an overall fuck capitalism sort of deal. But it wasn't that. No, it was it's like really not. It was like fuck this one in particular brand of capitalism, which was, is like the money grubbing, you know, fucking pump and dump. Quick basically, buck. it said fuck billionaires. We love millionaires. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it said. Because uh, his boss, who was a millionaire, uh, he, he at the beginning of the movie, he was kept on saying to uh, Charlie Sheen, like, oh, you know, there's no way to make a quick buck. It's just about putting in the work. And, you know, eventually you can build something that's great. That's what happened with IBM. That's what happened with Hilton. Yeah. And, like, he's fucking right. Like, that's the type of capitalism that is... You, it, that I don't know if it's good, but it's like... Maybe, but it's like that's also uh, anytime that we've had a good fucking company come up or something that we like, like that's that's what fucking got us there. I mean, probably not I across really the board. Think of one though, but I I just mean like the examples they gave us. I mean, yeah. you know, some fucking older companies that were good when they start. Uh, that's the thing with most companies though is that they all go to shit. Yeah. So you think you think that boss guy was the only good sympathetic character? Um, no, I also think Charlie Sheen's dad was sympathetic. I mean, he was the union boss who was kind of preaching like, you know, workers' rights, leftist values. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought his dad was really the only one I was on board with. But like, yeah, I don't know, man. Everyone was just a little slimy, a little skeezy, a little person that I wanted to fight. I mean, it's a movie about Wall Street. So like, yeah. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I should be surprised, but yeah. I don't yeah, know. that was kind of the other thing that I realized about this movie. It was kind of cool to see, like, oh, that's where all my uh, bullies went. <laughs> that's what <laughs> to happened a- to everybody who bullied me. That's what they're doing now. <laughs> to Wall Street? Yeah. Man. I just feel like that, that attracts, like, such a fucking uh, jock type of dude, you know? Yeah, it's like... It's like that's where you went like after you realized you couldn't play football pro you and you still wanted to like fuck with people. That's what you did. That's like where the jocks who got beat up by the other jocks went. Yes. And they're like, now nah, I'll fucking. You know, what's funny, though, is I'm definitely that type of guy. And it, uh, but I just like became a leftist guy, too. So now I podcast instead of Wall Street. Yeah. That's the middle ground. Yeah. I podcast and I do my own investing. Brad is center left, which is podcasting and investing on your own. (laughs) Full left is podcasting, never investing. Full right is only investing, never podcasting. And that's the political spectrum. Um, Okay. I think this movie taught me that the stock market doesn't matter. Like any... Everything in Wall Street and everyone in it could be blown up with a bomb and shot with a gun at the same time and they all die and it wouldn't change the rest of the world in the slightest. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, like all the fucking stock market scenes, they weren't ever like, oh, you know, this company, there was a hint of that at the beginning where they were like, hey, this company just released a new pill. I think it would be a really good investment to buy some of their stocks. And then Charlie Sheen was like... Fuck that. <laughs> and then just fucking insider traded the whole movie. And like, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a scheme to get rich, but, but only that's if what, you're already rich, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, I just think that that was a, uh, that was kind of an eye opening uh, part of it. Like, Investment you think this- guys, money guys, finance guys, least essential job in the world other than space travel. And you could argue that that's not even a job in the world. Yeah. But it's just, that's funny. But uh, yeah, it's just like the thing with being a fucking money guy is like you're dealing with money. So you're going to get a fuckload of it. It's yeah. like, it's not essential, but like, goddamn, is it profitable? Yeah, you're right. And that's kind of the disappointing thing about it. Like they don't produce anything. They're literally just middlemen who I'm not even totally clear what their roles of being middlemen are. Well, it's like, it's just that it's set up so that it's impossible for a regular guy to do stock market shit. Yeah. Like, it's so not essential, it's crazy. And the funniest part about all these movies is, like, you grow up your whole life thinking that, like, stock guys and billionaire guys are smarter than you, and then you learn that they're, like, just idiots on blow. Yeah, yes. Doing insider trading. But I feel like, like, doesn't that explain so much about why the world is the way it is? Like, it's not anybody who's, like, it's not the elite running shit. It's dudes like me, but they have a tie-on running shit. Like, it's the exact same brain that's uh, coming inches away from saying, you know, horrible things all the time. Those are the fucking people (laughs) who are handling the world's finances. The same brain that needs to do 45 minutes of offensive riffs before we start yeah, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. The same brain that needs to get all his R words out before we start recording. <laughs> so, we can, <laughs> so we can be progressive on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's who's handling the world right yeah. now. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like fucking every finance guy. Just Yeah, it's all a trick. I mean, it's literally like uh, I told you it's about. Like I could win a fucking rigged game, too. Yeah. Like, 
I told you about how my dad would do white-collar crimes on the World of Warcraft auction house, right? No. Okay, let me explain this. Give, give me the rundown. So if you played on the Silverhand server between the years of 2010 to 20... Caveat whatever, for you. Sounds like your dad learned a lot from this movie. Yeah, probably. That's the theme of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is what my dad learned from Wall Street and the, what he applied to World of Warcraft. Um, so on uh, in Warcraft, they have like these big raids where you have to fight these giant bosses that are like way too strong for you to fight normally. So you need to get like these uh, potions and buffs and stuff before you go into the raids to fight. Spells? No, they're potions. Okay. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I was taking a stab. Keep up, Brad. <laughs> You're making a fool of yourself right now. Um, but like, so uh, in Warcraft, raid nights would be on the weekends just because, you know, fucking people have jobs. And it's literally a 10-hour commitment to fight a fake dragon every Friday night. And so what my dad would do is through the whole week, he would buy up all the raw materials that you needed to make these uh, potions, mm. which would then drive up the price of the potions, which my dad would also buy off the auction house, which would just make demand go so fucking sky high through the roof. But nobody could make any of the potions because none of the raw materials were available yeah. uh, until Friday night, raid night, when my dad would up, or, uh, post his entire stock of potions that he made. Uh, on the auction house for like way above the regular price. He was literally just manipulating the markets by himself. Genius. Let me ask you a question though. What did your dad do with hand sanitizer in the first few months? Of Don't COVID? worry about it. I'll tell you in like four um, years. Me and me and uh, the uh, RCMP <laughs> are just. We got a couple questions for you and your father. So, what other parts of this movie did you like? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty crazy that Charlie Sheen's dad in this was his real dad, huh? Let's talk about that for a while. Let's talk about that for a while. You know who never? Let's talk about. <laughs> you know who didn't snitch on their dad is Charlie Sheen. In what this are movie. you talking about? Charlie Sheen almost got his dad. Charlie Sheen almost became his dad's boss in this movie. Yeah. That's the white collar version of fist fighting your dad. But he never snitched and he never folded. I would agree. To, I, I disagree with you on that one. I would say that he folded. Eh, he kind of came back. I don't but know. there was a fold. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a but fuck? You did just dry snitch on your dad. So if there's any police officers listening, please go to Kian's house. Yeah. You know what was crazy about this movie? Hmm. Is I don't understand how you're supposed to do the stock market without insider trading. So much of what I do is insider no. <laughs> what do you mean? I just mean like any comfort. Like I would be like just like excited that somebody told me something about something and like, you know, be excited that I have something to talk about at work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I've insider traded and it's like, I don't know. Well, that's the beautiful thing about insider trading is it's like it's so broad. That that's the thing. Ever like say a word about the anything. first insider trade in this movie was literally just Charlie, Charlie Sheen saying something his dad said to Gordon Gecko. Yeah. How often have I told you things my dad has said before? I don't know, because you never credit him. That's the other thing yeah, that's you're fucked right. up. You snitch <laughs> on your dad, and you never credit your dad. I'm always stealing my dad's bits you on You've got to start show. respecting your dad. Dude. Your dad wrote your whole stand-up act. <laughs> yeah, my, dad, my dad's got a tight 20. Man, I didn't understand like how... Um, you know how like dads reach a certain age, and they just stop learning about what new thing is happening in the world? Yeah. Like, I didn't understand why dads would just tune out at, like, 35 or whatever. Uh, 
But then until I saw um, Charlie Sheen's dad in this in the bar scene where he just like doesn't understand the stock market or give a fuck in the slightest. Yeah, he just keeps trying to smoke. Yeah, and Charlie <laughs> he just Sheen. keeps trying to light cigarettes. Yeah, and Charlie <laughs> just keeps trying to explain to him, and he's like, "Listen, son, couldn't be fucked." Dad, there. why do you always have to smoke when you see me? <laughs> yeah, and then I realized I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna start doing that." Like ignorance definitely is bliss. Yeah, you know? because like if I just had closed my eyes instead of reading that NFT article. I would not be suicidal right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's why dads do it. It's to save their life. You're probably right. That's honestly. why your dad won't learn about TikTok. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> he shouldn't have to. This movie taught your dad he'll be a lot happier if he just focuses on the union. It's got enough on his plate. A man understands a couple things in this world his job and his lot in life. <laughs> it's not a man's place to try to understand TikTok. And that's the lesson I took from this. Yeah, that's for the younger generation. Yeah, dude. You know what's so fucked about the world is, like, the generations switch so fast now. Like, I feel like I'm in an older generation already. And I'm, like, like I feel like I'm not the young generation anymore. No, yeah, I've been noticing like, that, 14 too. 14-year-olds are now. Exactly, yeah. It used to be, like, when the millennials were kids, shit was so easy for them because they were... They could be a kid until they were like 27 years old. Yeah, people are still you know dumping millennials on millennials now that talk baby talk. I do know. Yeah, I do. I don't know why I accused you. Like, I don't also know <laughs> yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know the same ones you do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that came off real aggressive. <laughs> I know the type of millennials you hang around. <laughs> also, the part where his dad's like giving him money at the start of the movie. It, this was kind of like a dope scene where uh, he's talking about his son's like trying to explain what he's trying to do. And he's like, you're going to be proud of me one day, dad, I swear. And his dad's just like, that doesn't matter. Like, it's yourself. You have to be. Proud yeah, of. that was fucking that should hit for me. Because, that was nice. Like, because I, I feel like I've been learning that life lesson right now. Yeah. Lately. Like, uh, like, I've been learning that it, it's not like. You're not supposed to try to get everyone around you to respect you. You're supposed to just, like, do things that make you think you're cool. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually people will pick up on how much you think you rule. And then they'll call you even more of a loser for that. <laughs> There's really no winning. Yeah, no. The point <laughs> is is that people will think you're a loser no matter what. So you at least may as well like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, no, that was a really good uh, lesson that... I don't know. Charlie Sheen uh, didn't fucking take. Because yeah, you know what? If he did take that lesson, he would have quashed his dad's business and become yeah. the new CEO of Blue Star Airlines. Well, yeah. I don't know what he would have done, but I just really wish the movie focused more on that instead of like on whatever the fucking plot of it was. I know? mean, but didn't it? I mean, that was kind of the theme of it, I feel like. Uh, uh, Gordon or um, Charlie Sheen's character was, you know, he was... Uh, Trying to fucking be Gordon Gecko, essentially. I mean, that was that was the line that the movie ended on. Was that all this time I was trying to be Gordon Gecko when really I should have just tried to be Bud Fox? Yeah, and uh, yeah. So that's what I think it's about. It's like uh, Gordon Gecko is the personification of the fucking business loser that Charlie Sheen thinks that he wants to be. But as soon as he finds out what it actually means to do that, which is gutting corporations, fucking literally killing people uh, and that they like will lose their job and all that shit. But once he realizes like that's what it is, he's like, oh, fuck, no, this isn't who I am at all. Yeah, but that's kind of like I'm confused about that a little because I feel like he knew he was um, 
He knew he was responsible for mass firings before it affected his dad's company. He only like changed his ways once it affected him personally. And I think that's fucked in a different way. I mean, yeah. Because there's no way you don't know what you're doing (laughs) after like 10 months of stock stuff. And then you learn on the 11th month. I mean, I think it's easier to just like compartmentalize what you're doing. But when you see like the actual consequences of it, like before he could just, you know, see people in meetings be like, I'm going to lose my job and be like, that's business, baby. If it wasn't me, it's some other killer that's going to get you. But it's like, no, now then he had to see his dad in the hospital after he had a heart attack because, you know, he found out that he's going to be losing his job and it's like his health wasn't great to begin with. And now he's not going to have insurance anymore. It's like then you actually start to see, I think, the consequences of your actions. It's like, yeah, you should have realized that that was a fucked up thing to do before. But it's like better late than never, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just think that's lame as hell to wait until it affects you personally to actually think critically about your actions. Oh, it is lame as hell. But, I mean, that's also the benefit of you being able to watch this in a movie play out. Hopefully, yeah. people see this and, you know, consider it. But and we know you... for a fact that they didn't. We know that people only saw this and were like, yeah, Gordon, Ge- to- Gordon Gecko? Gecko. That's a- Gordon Gecko. That's a cool name. That's what you think people took from this? Yeah, that's what I think people took from it. What... Do you have anything that you actually think people yeah. think from it? No, I mean, I feel like that they just saw Gordon Gecko being like a businessman who calls the shots, who everybody respects, and, you know, thinks that, oh, I'd like to be that rich guy, but it's like, I don't know, do you? Do you really want to be the man who's, like, angry all the time, who's always fucking, he's literally just setting up fall guys for him, like, patsies and fall guys for himself constantly? Like, that doesn't seem like a fun life. Gordon Gecko isn't a fucking happy guy. So do you think people learned that they don't want to be Gordon Gecko? I think that's what I mean I think that was what the intent of this movie was with Oliver Stone like I think it, I don't feel like Oliver Stone glamorized Wall Street at all. I think this movie teaches a fucked up lesson though because it still teaches you that you should try to be rich. It just teaches you that like you shouldn't do insider trading. I don't think it teaches you that. Because, like, Charlie Sheen is still a stockbroker at the end of this movie. No, he's not. He buys all the stock in Blue Star so that what's-his-name can't. Yeah, but and then he gets arrested for insider trading. And then he, um, some amount of time later, he uh, fucking um, bus, or, uh, gets Gecko on a wire incriminating himself. And then uh, they talk about how he's going to have a job at Blue Star Um after he gets out of jail. So he's like out of the stock game. He's working at his dad's airline now. Hmm. Okay, that's my bad then. I missed that part. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's like very... They really backload the movie with a lot of plot. <laughs> <laughs> they really have a lot of integral information that's said to each other in a car ride. Huh. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know, man. Like, because the, the kind of message that I got from it is like, you should... You should still try to exploit this fucked up system that we live in. You should just try to do it in the most ethical way you can. And I just think, like, you shouldn't. Yeah. I think you should light the system on fire. I mean, that's also what I think. But I also... It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. But I don't know. I just... Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what our what 
people learned from this when they watched it. I mean, I, I genuinely think that people just fucking saw Gordon Gecko calling shots and were like, yeah, I'd like to be a guy who calls shots. I'd like to be respected. And then they don't really look past that. And like, I feel like the, the, the pursuit of wealth is like, you can excuse so much shit that so much bad shit that you're doing just because like, it's, you know, for money and it's technically legal or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what I feel like people got out of it. Quite frankly, is that it's just cool to be a fucking business loser. I think people liked the greed is good speech. That seems like a, a huge thing people took from this movie without reading too much into it. Yeah. But I feel like you're supposed to look up to Mark, uh, Charlie, I mean, Charlie Sheen's character, right? I don't, I didn't. Who'd you look up to? Do you have to look up to somebody in every movie you watch? I don't know. Who are you supposed to root for or fucking whatever? I mean, Charlie Sheen's character was definitely like who I was rooting for, but like I wasn't rooting for him when he was doing his insider trading. It was, I mean, it was like, it's like you're watching fucking Scarface. You're watching Tony Montana do shit that might kind of rule on paper, but it's like the consequences of this are fucking, you know, huge and you're hurting everybody and yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think there's a good lesson you can learn from this movie. I I think... I mean, I think that there is. I think that the self-respect lesson we were talking about, how, you know, don't be Gordon Gecko, be fucking Bud Fox, be who you are. Don't try and... Uh, you know, see a rich business guy and think that, oh, I also need to be a rich business guy. It's like, no, fucking find out what makes you happy. I think the dad spit some wisdom. Uh, where, what? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like the the part where they um they they closed the deal on uh, Blue Star. They were like gonna fire his dad and all that. And then they're uh, uh, Charlie Sheen and his dad are like walking. They're in the elevator together. And Charlie's like making or getting mad at his dad for like, you never went out there. You're just jealous that I went out there and, you know, staked my claim. I made money. And he was like, oh, fuck, man. It's like I'd never. uh, The reason I didn't do that is because I never measured my self-worth based on the size of my wallet. Yeah. So I think it's just that, you know, like there's different. I think it's uh, it's uh, Charlie Sheen is a tragic hero in this movie. It's a man with an incredible amount of motivation that he's put in the exact wrong spot and he fucks himself with it. He's still a bitch, though, because he tells his dad he was never there for him when this movie opens on his dad giving him $300 to pay rent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that part taught our uh, parents, and specifically our generation, to pretend that their parents gave them trauma when all they really did was ground you. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like... That like yeah, that could have started a whole the whole wave of people that just like are like anytime you tell them they're being shitty, they're like, well, actually, uh, something bad happened to me forty seven years ago, so you can't call me out for my behavior. Yeah, I actually haven't gotten over something, so yeah. it's like yeah, maybe that's a fucking you problem. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't <laughs> fucking lash out at people because your dad yelled at you once. Yeah, maybe you should uh, learn to get over things like the rest of us have to. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Bud Fox like takes too long to get over his weird anger. Yeah, you're probably right. But I also like that the dad acknowledged that he failed in raising him if that's what he believed. Fair enough, actually. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I just really liked the relationship. I think they had a lot of chemistry, partly because that was Charlie Sheen's real-life father. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't know, because I was pissed off at old Bud for that, but, that, like, I don't know. I guess it's both their faults. Fuck it, dude. We I live mean, in a terrible world yeah. full of bullshit. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about this movie, now that we're talking about it, is that, like, it's full of imperfect people. Like, there's 
we've said it before, like there's not really many people you can actively root for. And the person that I gave an exa- as an example has maybe four minutes of screen time through the movie, which yeah. was Bud, uh, Charlie Sheen's boss at the beginning. Yeah, like really that's the only person who I don't want to shoot with a gun in yeah. this movie. Even though Bud like arguably redeems himself and whatever. Like the the other question is like, does that redeem him for all the shitty fucking evil things he did for this whole movie? I don't know. I will say his dad said yes. To you, does it, though? Um, We're commentators, Ken. I mean... To me, no. But, like, that's also... I feel like if you want to try and be a nice guy after doing all that shitty shit you have to do more than just one nice thing to make up for that yeah i'm not saying I mean. yeah and like i'm not saying that bud uh fox he, I, I i think he was definitely on the right path but like by the end of the movie no i don't think he had fully redeemed himself yeah, yeah. but if he kept doing what he was doing then yeah eventually he'd get there I think this movie taught our parents that a casual sorry is fine for right after they just beat the shit out yeah. of you. <laughs> well, he did also snitch on his best friend, so like maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I like the, that so. fucking Gordon flip was a pretty big move. I will say. Yeah, I don't know. I, that takes another point away from him for me. Yeah, you didn't like that. I was going to bring that up too. That you, I knew that you weren't going to be for snitches. Well, like. Yes is a bit, but also, like, yeah, you made your fucking bed, bro. Like, you... Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. You saw this piece of shit, and you thought, I want to be like that. And then as soon as you realize that you have to be a piece of shit to get rich, you're like, oh, actually, I'm a little pussy, and I want to tell the police. It's like, just quit then. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, yeah, guys who do stuff like that probably should go to jail. So I don't know now. Now I'm back. <laughs> now I'm back to not knowing. Yeah, I mean it's it's like one of those things where I don't like that. That's what it is. But I mean, like, what other option do we have to keep being fucking fucked by Gordon Geckos? Yeah, right. Like, like what do we want to do here? Do we want to be honorable or do we want to fix the fucking problem? I don't know, man. Because I th- I think it's good that Gordon Gecko was stopped, but I also think it's a real bitch move to do the thing Gordon Gecko was doing for the whole movie and then save yourself and have him go to jail. I mean, you, Charlie Sheen still goes to jail, though. Yeah, but he got a lighter sentence because of yeah, snitching yeah, and all yeah. that shit. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's... I don't know. That doesn't really do... That doesn't make me look at him in a good way. Yeah. No, I get I you. I think it's saving his own skin when he's just as guilty. Yeah, you're probably right. And then, same with Takashi. Yeah. For <laughs> me, more so with Takashi. But let, if he never had to go to jail, do you think that he would have started like being, you know, being a fucking capitalist insider trader again? I don't know, man. That's a good question. Um, yes, in the real world, I do think that. But I also think that r- in the real world, rich guy jail is not enough to talk them out of doing insider trading either. I think Gordon Gecko comes out of jail and immediately starts doing the same shit again. Yeah, I'd say so. That was a uh, one thing that I really liked about this movie is how they kind of... Um... I think Oliver Stone did a really good job showing how entrenched uh, insider trading was in business. 
Mm-hmm. Like it really seemed like, you know, at the lower levels where Charlie Sheen started, like it was very by the books. We're doing this right. This is business school, baby. Yeah. Um, but like when the people who, you know, fucking were playing ball, it's like, yeah, none of them follow the rules. Yeah. And I mean, that's how it's set up, obviously, so that um, they can weed out all yeah. the fucking nerds and stuff. I just think that the punishment is it's not really even a punishment. Like, I think that you're right. It's not. I think that the insider trading goes so high up that it transcends the stock market. It's like even the people who run rich guy prisons are on the rich guy's team. Well, yeah, you're right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's literally showing you like, hey, these are the elites. These are all these people who want to be the elites. And then it's like, and here's you. You're not even in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No one like you will ever be in a movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie teaches questionable lessons at minimum. Yes, but I I don't know. I really like this movie in that it doesn't beat you over the head with what it's trying to say. It just presents a story, and you can take what you want from it. But I think that the story it tells is one that's very much set in this world, and that is probably more uh, accurate and realistic than anyone's comfortable admitting. Yeah, I guess I'm comfortable admitting it though, but I'm just built different. Um, I'm just way stronger than most people personally. I hear you. Um, me too. I want to say, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, this movie taught me that I'm a lot mentally stronger than yeah, most people. This movie taught me that I'm a physical genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think movies should beat you over the head a little bit more with what they're trying to say. I think leaving shit too open to interpretation. Let's, it like that is why Jacob Wool can look up to Gordon Gecko and yeah. feel good about himself. No, you're right. I just think movies would suck way more if they were like that. You're probably right that you it would be better. You don't think this movie for... would have been way doper if it ended with Gordon Gecko getting firing squatted by a bunch of leftists and It Bella sounds Clavis? like what you want is just state-sponsored propaganda to be a nice guy, to be nice to people. That I mean <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Because we already have state-sponsored propaganda. Might as well make it productive. Yeah, might as well be like, hey, hold the door open. And then it's like a guy saluting something or something. You know. I don't know. Cause in that I, Soviet art style, just like <laughs> a so an old Soviet guy holding the door open for like, a, you know, like, never mind. Yeah, because like I get, <laughs> I get what you're trying. I get what you're saying is like art should be subjective. And that's what good art is, is when it speaks to everybody no matter what. But it's also like... At what point do we start saying what we fucking think? Because if we keep making all these open-to-interpretation capitalism shits, it's just going to make everybody still believe what they believe. But it's like... is Like, I, this movie didn't change anyone's mind. But I, that's... But, I don't think. I mean, I, maybe. I could... I, I don't know if it changed people's... I, I could see this changing people's mind, though. Is the thing just because of how I feel like it's presented very fairly in ways where uh, Gordon Gecko, you know, you can see him and be like, damn, that's a man who fucking rules. Uh, like, for example, when he's giving the greed is good speech, it's like, yeah, there's parts of that speech that are like, cool, awesome. Like when he's, uh, you know, talking about how like uh, this uh, company is bloated, it's blo- so bloated. How much uh, fucking money are we wasting on all of these bureaucrats or on all these vice presidents and all these fucking bureaucrats and. I got to take over this company so I can gut all their jobs. It's like, yeah, that sounds great on paper, but like, what's really going to happen is that all these fucking workers are going to lose their job and these vice presidents are going to save their shit. So like, 
I don't know. I just like that it gives uh, parts where they, you know, you can fucking look up to them. But I think ultimately at the end of the movie, it all comes crashing down on him. And if you want to say that it's up through inter- interpretation, I, maybe I feel like it's more anybody who fucking supports Gordon Gecko just did not get what this movie was about. I don't think that you but could. That's why is because it's so open because people who are just, already going to like Gordon Gecko, their opinion of this movie when it all comes crashing down is, Oh, look at those avoidable circumstances that I'll avoid when I'm in Gordon Gecko's position. Yeah. I guess I just think that's a fucking dumbass person then who wasn't going to, you can't fucking propagandize to them. Or I mean, maybe you can, but like, you're going to have to do it. But different. I'm not even saying propaganda really like for the joke. Sure. But like if we're being honest i'm i'm saying that the director should have just said what the director clearly feels yeah yeah i don't know i get what you're saying and i mean that would probably fix a lot of fucking uh a lot of the fucking you know people who took scarface the wrong way and took yeah, this I movie mean, I wrong. Just but also like i don't know pattern in movies to me i i get it but to me that's why i like this shit so much yeah, I don't know. It's just a tough thing because I think. I mean, I agree. If with we you, were watching a movie where it's just like capitalism bad for yeah two I and a half hours, that like that would be would unwatchable. Be, yeah, shit like that is lame, and I don't watch it. And documentaries can suck my nuts and whatever. But I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I think this kind of stuff does a net negative to the world, no matter how dope I think it is. This kind of like taking objectively evil guys and like making them a little sympathetic just for the artsy fartsiness of it. Maybe, but I think, I don't know, man. I feel like that was, I feel like Oliver Stone was trying to take you on a ride by doing that. Like at the beginning of the movie, you think that, Hey, there's Gordon Gecko guy. You know, he's not so, he's a genius. He's going to make my boy, Bud uh, a rich man. And then he gets fucked by him. And you see that, like, like to me, the part that really stood out to me was where, um, uh, Gordon Gecko fucks but like takes over his dad's company and then doesn't tell him about what his plans are and then Bud confronts him in the office and he still like placates him and is like hey, you're still on my team aren't you yeah like I don't know how you could unless you're a full-on sociopath I don't think you could support Gordon Gecko after that and think he's a cool guy unless you're literally that Jacob Wall dude who has fucking driven a man to suicide and continues to literally do fucking propaganda fake press conferences well, on his front door yeah, I mean, it's like, it's people who believe that it's righteous to to pull yourself out of the mud at any cost or whatever. Yeah. But I just think that, like, if you're trying to explain that you don't have to think like that, why don't you actually explain it? Yeah, I don't know. I think that he did. In the, I don't know. I feel like uh, when, when you can show people and not just fucking tell, I think that it... Uh, they get it, but I think that the people who get it, it's more ingrained in them. Hmm. At least that's what I think. It's an interesting conversation anyways. Like, I, I don't know. I don't No, think I mean, like, there's no right answer here, it's, yeah. but you're right. It, it, it is a, an interesting thing to think about, like, whether it would be better in the long run if it was more blunt and direct or if this whole roundabout way and letting people kind of draw their own conclusions, like, I don't know. I feel like the conclusions that I've drawn from this movie are probably going to stick with me for a while. Like, I just feel like I... I feel like what I'm trying to say is like I and most people who watch this already think what they thought at the end of the movie before they watched it. You're probably right. Because I mean, I yeah. definitely was just bolstered in my opinion. You're right. But I think that that's a problem that with a lot of like 
economic or political movies like this. Like we notice that with other people's money too, where if you started it off and you're like Danny DeVito rules, you're just going to think he rules through the whole thing. That's what I'm saying about the interpretation thing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I feel like this movie does it in sort of like, to me, this movie honestly kind of reminds me of like a Bill Burbit or something like that, where he says something inflammatory, like, you know, we need another play or whatever. And then, you know, at the beginning of the bit, you're like, this that's dumb. And then by the end of the bit, you're like, okay, now I'm on your side. You know what this movie reminded me a lot of was The Big Short. Yeah? Yeah, because it's like, the look at this guy at the very tip top, and he's bad. But these three other investment bankers, they're actually good and smart and righteous, and you should be like them. Like, I just felt, I don't know. I just hate when, I don't know. I hate a fence-sitting-ass movie. But I also feel like you're right. It would be a lame ass movie if it was just just on yeah. my team. Yeah. So I don't know, man. So I don't know. That's how I feel about this movie. I like I like I just I feel like this movie is a genuinely good argument about the pitfalls of capitalism while also like not being a whole, you know. Honestly, my favorite part about this movie is that it isn't like a fuck capitalism in enti- in its entirety. It's like fuck this very particular branch of capitalism. Yeah, I don't know. I just think we need more fuck capitalism stuff, man, because it's just all bad. But I guess agree to disagree. But can we talk about the food in this movie? Because it is fucked. Yeah, hey, that was the thing I definitely wanted to talk about. What is it with rich guys eating, like, rare meats? What is it with rich guys eating raw things that shouldn't be eaten I know. Because the first meal he has with Gordon Gecko is what looks like raw meatloaf topped with a raw egg. It is. It's Steak tartare is literally just raw ground beef with some other shit in there. That's so fucked, dude. It's like, how? why are you richer than me and you eat like you live on the street? Yeah. In like 1640s England. Well, that's the thing with rich You're people. You're eating like raw mutton leg? Like, kill Have yourself. you seen that fucking French dish where it's just like they, it's rich people and they just eat like a songbird whole? No, I haven't. But like foie gras and like all that dumb shit. Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. It's like just pure excess. It's like... Yeah. People only doing things because they have, like, you know, thousands of dollars. Like, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, might as well do this might as well. I can afford it. I mean, like, it. that's the same. That's s- why they fuck kids, bro. I, same I was just going to say, it's the exact same. It's When I have an extra $30 and I'm like, fuck it, I'll try bison. That's the exact <laughs> same attitude that is what leads rich people to fucking kids and doing every rich guy atrocity there is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like, that's not even luxury at that point. You know what I mean? Like when you're forcing yourself to eat steak tartare, like there's no way that goes down smooth. That's what I'm. And there were there was so much of it there. Yeah, like that's the thing. The could biggest you imagine portion I've ever seen? Could no you vegetable, imagine not one vegetable? Inside. Nothing, just meat, egg. I think it was sat on a piece of lettuce, and that was, and there's no way you were supposed to eat the lettuce with no, that. No, that was decorative lettuce <laughs> if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Yeah, that pisses me off. Could you imagine how fucking gross you would feel? Like, you know the feeling of, like, when you've eaten a giant steak? Like, how you feel satiated and good? But, like, imagine just a pound of raw ground beef sloshing around in your belly. Well, it's all that excess stuff. Like, there's no way drinking scotch goes down smooth or tastes good. There's no way, like, fucking kids is fun. Right? Like, it has to hurt you. (laughs) Like, there's no way any of the shit that rich people... 
There's no way. No. 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 <laughs> but there's no way that any of the like extra shit that rich people do is actually fun. They're just doing it because every rich guy agrees yeah, that it's fun. Because we can't. That's the fun part of it. That's so fucked to me, dude. I don't know that like that amazes me kind of yeah. that people even live like that. Yeah, I hated that. Why don't you just chill? Draw a picture. You're rich, dude. Like take yeah, the day see, off. Oh, man. Go do something else. That was what was pissing. All these fucking rich people going to work was driving me insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I was Gordon Gecko, this movie would have been about me retiring. <laughs> yeah. If I was Gordon Gecko, this whole movie would have been about like a bunch of guys trying to find Gordon Gecko, and then I would have been in a cave. Rich people are so fucked and stupid, and that applies to you if you have more than $200,000. Yeah, that was an interesting point that uh, Charlie Sheen brought up in this movie. He, he said, um, I never realized how poor I was until I started making money. I think it, it, they thought that was a very uh, yeah. revealing line into kind of the mindset of, uh, you know, what it because it's like not even a money thing. Like, you're not getting money to survive as you and I typically do. They're just getting money to, like, flex on other people. Yeah, it's a complete like it fucks me up that people like make money the goal of their life instead of using money as the tool that it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't like that's a weird thing that I don't really understand. I feel like you would do. I think it's just guys who haven't thought past it. I think it's guys who kind of get caught up in like like, you know, when you're like, man, I need to fucking get some money. It's never just like so you can have that money. It's so you can like fucking pay your rent or whatever. For me. Yeah. But yeah. For other people, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, guys, I feel like they just get caught hung up on the I need to get money mentality and they don't fucking do anything with it. That's like what we were talking about at the beginning, you know, fucking. Yeah. This rich man is just at work all day long. What the fuck are you doing? Well, yeah. And it's not even like a you're thing not about I want you to have a good life. It's like you're just being so fucking wasteful with this tool that we could use for something well exactly and now like, you're you're spending on steak tartare when we could have bought 1000 hamburgers for poor kids with yeah. that money but you know yeah exactly it's so gross and it, yeah it doesn't make any sense to me like i treat money the same way i treat taking a shit i go do it when i have to and then i go do something else that's fun yeah you know and that's how it should be that, like money is the same as diarrhea to me <laughs> <laughs> like I, I always get the urge suddenly at random, usually in public. And then I go handle my business takes no more than seven minutes tops. And then I'm back out in the world, socializing, trying to make friends, trying to have a good time. And that's, I think the big lesson. That's, that's what I learned. That's not what anyone else learned from this. I don't think that's the lesson of this movie. I mean, I, <sighs> I hope some other people learned that, but you're right. I don't think that is the lesson or what the majority of people are going to take away from this. Yeah, I think you can take it away from this, but I think that, um, again, it's not explicitly stated. It's too open to interpretation. Yeah. But I do genuinely... And, you know, it's also not my place to be telling anyone what would make their life better, but I do just genuinely think a lot of these people would be happier if they realized that money isn't the goal, it's the fucking thing you use to get to the goal. Yeah. It's your cleats. I don't know where this analogy is going. It's your soccer cleats and you're running towards the goal. You got it. Which is getting a wife. <laughs> 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 getting a hot 
16 uh, year old wife with your with all back the money up, that back you up, have back up with all the money that you have <laughs> you get an age appropriate hot wife <laughs> I don't know man yeah this it's like kind of hard for me to have a hard stance on this movie because it is because it is so open-ended I it's feel. very open-ended and uh, I like that they yeah they just show you all this shit that happens and it's like you can think like maybe you just are a guy who loves eating steak tartare and hanging out with weird women who your boss sets up for you it's like Which, maybe you like that but I don't think anyone is that type of guy do you think, think people enjoy that lifestyle like genuinely or do you think it's just pressure? It's like peer pressure. I, th- I genuinely do think it's a lot of peer pressure. And I think that there are people who can maybe, you know, start enjoying it with time. But I don't feel like it's what any anybody actually wants. I yeah. feel it's just something that people fall into. Because it's the same as like when, like, I'm sure you know, like, richer people that like golf all the time. Yeah. And it's like, you're like 65 and you have blisters on your fingers. Like, there's no way you like this. You're just doing it because you feel like you have to. And that's almost sadder to me than being poor yeah no it is because they're living like a poor person when they don't have to they're fucking spinning their wheels they're exhausted all the time and it's like why because you value money because you're placing the value uh, of your life on the size of your wallet man and not the fucking uh, make of the man or whatever how much a dollar cost yeah. Everybody should just listen to that song instead of watching this movie. It'll save you a lot of time. You'll get a way smarter, more coherent message out of it. Yeah. Did you like this movie? Yeah, I did like this movie. I don't think I liked this. Did you not like it because of the story or because of like you like why didn't you like it? I don't know. It's it's been hard for me to put my finger on why I didn't like it cuz I I think the story is cool. I just I th- I just didn't like any of the characters, really. That's I just fair. Thought everybody in this movie fucking was lame as hell, except the dad. But you don't see him enough, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I think that was kind of what the point of it was. I liked that Charlie Sheen was a flawed character. I liked that there was a lot of shit I didn't agree with him. Really, the only thing I identified with was his ambition. Like, because I mean, how many fucking times have I said to you that I want to get my business degree and just be a millionaire by thirty and then retire? Yeah. But it's like, that's not what happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the other thing is, like, you get caught in that fucking that's trap. That's exactly the, it. And that peer pressure caught. that I was talking about yeah. earlier, those, like, compound. And then you just are forced to, like, keep selling yourself out more yes. and more until you're not a guy anymore. You know what vibe I got from Gordon Gecko was, like, an old gang member. Like, a guy who, like, just w- was so deep in, like, he couldn't ever get out even if he wanted to. Yeah. That's interesting. It's kind of sad, man. It is sad. But I think that's the thing. It's like you're so when you when you only concern yourself with getting rich, it's like you're going to end up poor whether you're rich or not. Yeah. Damn. That was hard as hell. That was hard as hell. How much a dollar costs? <laughs> um I, Oh yeah, what let's talk about his, his weird girlfriend. Yeah, dude, he shows up to work so happy right after she sucks him off, and it's like, that could never be me, dude. It takes so much more effort to affect my mood than that. You know what I mean? (laughs) I just, um, yeah, I just thought it was so fucking weird that, like, um, um, Gordon Gecko was like, yeah, keep working for me. You'll get some perks. And then he just sends him a girl. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> can I have some different perks, please? That's such can a, I have like a parking spot or something instead? That's like that's kind of what I'm talking about with just the general grossness of this movie. Is like it just makes me think too much about what they're actually doing in their towers. Yeah, man. like you shouldn't be able to send a woman. No, you shouldn't be actually. You shouldn't be able to send anyone. <laughs> that's very progressive of you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I uh, I deserve to be recognized <laughs> for my progressiveness, and that's actually why I do it for the recognition, <laughs> for, the recognition. <laughs> <laughs> for the respect of other leftists. Just like the reason every leftist posts constantly, you fucking loser. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just that's gross as fuck, man. Yeah. Also, um, I thought it was kind of interesting how uh, uh, when they met at for the second time at Gordon Gecko's house party. Yeah. Uh, she was like, Oh, where are you staying? And he's like, um, upper East side. And then she was making fun of him for, or lower West side. I forget what borough he said, but, um, she was making fun of him for living in like those exposed brick wall apartments. And he's like, ha Yeah. I'm getting my new place soon. You'll have to come renovate it. Yeah. And then she does. And what does she fucking install? Fake exposed brick. Yeah. Fuck you, rich people. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's like, that's big, actually, because that's, like, a comment on, like, yeah, rich people just, like, think poor people shit is cool. But yeah, they're they fucking culture vultures. Poor people. I know. It's like that all these fucking rich people wearing, like, $100 vintage shirts because poor people go to thrift shops. Oh, man. Yeah, rich girls who wear vintage. Come on, dude. But also, DM me. I'm trying to clothe myself here. <laughs> <laughs> Stop buying all my shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, get a life, but also, you look good in that. DM my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's why the world will never be fixed. No. Because rich people are hot. Yeah. I honestly think that if every rich person was ugly, we would have done the cra- class revolution by now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if being rich was like sli- even slightly less desirable, yeah, if they we were all fucking just off with all their heads. Imagine if every suit guy also picked his nose and ate it in public all the time. Yeah, what if that was what instead of ringing the bell at Wall Street in the mornings, they they just picked a guy to eat his boogers, and then everyone started <laughs> doing bets and <laughs> buying stocks. Warren Buffett slowly eats a booger on MSNBC every <laughs> morning. Goes, and then everyone goes crazy. Like, But like w- once he swallows, it has yeah, to yeah. be... <laughs> he, and he savors it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can see him like playing with it in his mouth. Like and, a beautiful and piece then, of steak tartare. Yeah, and then when you see his Adam's apple pivot up and down, then you know it's go time. <laughs> yeah um i don't know and i think if that girl wasn't so hot he would have realized gordon gecko was evil at first too yeah or like quicker yeah probably i mean like yeah i think looks i don't know man i think like uh the look of stuff the air of sophistication really does a lot to trick people um even if they're trying not to be tricked yeah no, it's like incredibly convincing. I listened to a, a podcast about Epstein and a lot of people like specifically said like he f- felt like a magical person. Yeah. Like he was, you know, like you can fucking, you can really suspend people's disbelief if you're just flexing your fucking rich, you know. Yeah. If you just wear nice clothes and like look. Wear nice clothes, talk a certain way. It's like you can fucking, yeah, really put some ideas into people's heads. 
Yeah, it's so fucked up, man. It, it should be illegal for those guys to <laughs> s- to swank themselves up. Everyone should have to wear white t-shirts. There should be an income limit on makeup. Yeah, maximum income limit of eighty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I or think else sh- you can't buy makeup. I think all shirts should cost twenty bucks, and that's it. <laughs> Give us a haul an equal shot at dressing you know nice. Yeah, every guy should have to wear Hanes white t-shirts. Then yeah. we'll see who's fucking hotter than who. <laughs> yeah, Justin yeah. Bieber. We'll see who wants to suck you off instead of me after that. Yeah, once we're, we're all matching. Once we're both wearing the same pair of khakis for four days straight. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing is rich people shouldn't be allowed to wash their pants ever. Well, they should be allowed to wash them sometimes, but they should not be allowed to have more than three pairs. <laughs> Like, how is that ethical? You're right. Honestly, rich people, they can not pay taxes as much as they want. But I would like this clothing shit to be very much regulated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's so fucked up that you can be, like, the ugliest, most boring to be around, meanest piece of shit of all time. You put a Rolex on your wrist and a Swiss tie, and all of a sudden everybody wants to hang out with you. Yeah, it's interesting. It's gross, man. I don't know why people are like that either, like... Are we just, like, basically moths? We're just attracted to shiny stuff? Yeah. We won't admit it to ourselves? I mean, I feel like it's just because, I, I don't know. I, I think that most people who are attracted to shit like that are just selfish, and, you know, they're climbers. They want to be friends with you because you think you can do, they can do, that you can do something for them. Like, I'm inclined to agree with you, but also the thing that makes me not agree is that I'm like that, too, even though I try so hard not to be is every time I see a guy with a Rolex on, I'm like, I deserve to have a Rolex and I should want one. You know, like it it sucks in even people who are trying so hard to not get sucked in by that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, man. I think it is. I think it's not all human nature, but I think a little bit of it. It's a little. I think it, it definitely is a little bit. And I mean, like, because uh, like. I'm very much identifying with what you're saying specifically like when I worked in restaurants uh, and like, you know, I'm here. I am wearing my shitty fucking, you know, uh, chef whites. I'm covered in fucking tomato sauce or whatever. And here comes the restaurant owner wearing his crisp suit, his fucking uh, cufflinks, his tie. He's walking online. Someone serves him up some free food. It's like. He looks like he has it together, but like you hear him talk for two minutes and you see the way he does business and you immediately lose all respect you have. Like, but you can't help but be jealous still, you know? Like you, you I think can... I'm losing less of that. I think I, I, I definitely used to have that at, at a point, but now it's just like, man, I'm fucking glad that I'm real as hell. I've been like really trying to realize what's important to me and I'm realizing none of that is, but I still can't help being a little jealous of that type of guy. And I get it. I but truthfully like it's not his things that I'm jealous of. It's just his security. I'm jealous of the fact that that guy probably doesn't worry about losing his house every day, which like he probably also does worry about that. He's probably on crazy fucking loans or whatever, but like I don't know. Yeah, rich guys worry about the same shit we do. But that's what we I'm still saying. Want to be them for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I really think that the the way to be is to have a poor person's mentality but also have enough money. Because yeah, if but, I, bro, if I had a uh, sixty grand a year, a regular person's amount of money, I would be unstoppable. I you, would think I would feel like Gordon Gecko if I had that. But you think that? But like we all think that. I read, but I read an article that says like once you get a certain amount of like once you get money, you just want more. 
you just see people because there's always someone who's of a higher class than you that you're going to be that type of jealous. Yeah, of, you know? I mean that was the whole thing of this movie, but like, and like that's I feel like trap. that's just I feel like it's something to be conscious of. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that as long as you're like super hyper aware of it, then like you can maybe force yourself to not fall down that path. It's like. You know, even now I feel like the fact that we're aware of that, you know, money's not going to bring you happy. Like the pursuit of money isn't going to bring you happiness. You need to have something past that. Um, like that's going to help you in the long run. I don't know. I just I feel like being aware of the pitfalls of money is literally yeah. all you can do to stop them. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know why I'm like I just don't understand why I like feel like I am aware but also still sometimes catch myself in that thought trap because of society. <laughs> I guess the only solution is to turn into the damn Joker. Yeah. That's as we've said on almost 30 episodes of our podcast. Now Dude, the Joker we, is the only man who has it right. We really are reaching the conclusion of this podcast. Yeah. Which we, is us doing something. It's domestic. terrorism. <laughs> 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 The logical conclusion of this podcast is us bombing a big-ass building. Yeah, or maybe watching movies uh, from the 2000s. We'll By the see. way, that was satire, if anyone's listening. Who matters? Hey, cops, don't show up to Brad's for that one. Don't show up to my house again, you fucking losers. <laughs> Get a job, bitch. Especially if the part of being a cop that your job is is showing up to a guy's house who made a joke on the internet. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back into the show. <laughs> um, also, yeah, the, the lady, like, your hobby is interior design? I mean, that was her job. Oh. That was what she would do. She was just like an interior designer for super rich people. It's like, how much of a loser can you be? <laughs> like, on both ends of it. If you like doing that, but also if you get someone to design the thing. your house. I couldn't imagine that. Just it's make like, it how you like it and shut the fuck up. Don't yeah. worry about who's coming over and what they think. You're it's Gordon your Gecko. House. You're a million. You think that if you have a weird painting up, someone's going to make fun of you? No. <laughs> Nobody cares. You're fine, bro. <laughs> yeah, that that's such a weird uh, uh, thing. That's like the peer pressure of, of rich circles yeah. again. <laughs> Is like you feel like you have to spend all this extra money. Like you feel like you have to waste all this money for yeah. no reason. Well, I mean, it's fucking rappers buying chains. It's like all for appearances when it's really, it's just like you should fucking maybe save that for a rainy day. That's true. And you know what's fucked up about me is I think that about interior designers and I also think having a big ass Cuban chain would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's fucked up about me. That's what I've been trying to articulate like with this uh, tangent here is like, yeah, it's a, such a weird duality of like I'm I am in the trap, but I got one foot out, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that's all you can like I feel like that's just being a person and yeah. wrestling with shit, you know. You're going to take L's and take dubs. That's <laughs> <laughs> so comprehensive. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's so weird, but I think it's important to like I think it is important to just stress that it like it doesn't fucking matter how much money you have. No, it like, doesn't. You're not like being happy is completely separate from that and money is a tool. Yeah, that and yeah. I, I do want to stress that. That is I mean like that's the most important. If there's anything valuable we've said on this podcast, it's that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's like maybe the only like good take I've had in my entire life. (laughs) Money is the same as a hammer or diarrhea. Um, Yeah, I also think the the way Gordon Gecko um, gets those people on his side when he's talking about the the vice presidents and how yeah the waste they are the greed is good speech yeah that really sets the tone for Trump guys. Well, yeah, because it's people who are having very surface level arguments where it's like, yeah, in the context of the argument, you're right. But when you start looking past it a little bit, then it all falls to pieces. That's what I was yeah. saying before when he's like, we're going to cut the vice president's jobs. Well, he's and doing we're the same start thing, making a bunch of money. It's like, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm trying to say is he's saying the same exact thing Trump said with the same strategy behind it. He's calling out elites without admitting that he's also an elite and will act the same way. Yes. You know, so I think this movie taught our parents to make America great again, baby. It probably fucking did, unfortunately. <laughs> or it, it taught Trump to, at least. It taught somebody to. Yeah, I mean, it just shows how easy it is to grift. Yeah, how that's much true. How much people who like want to be you will just agree with what you have to say in and I hopes think that it'll work out for them. That scene literally taught Jacob Wall his M.O. And it, I think yeah. it's so fucked up that this movie is from the 80s and they still don't have a way to make sure people don't do that. Yeah. Like you can still just do whatever financial crime you want. It's I mean, so it's, fucked. It's just like those the people who profit off of those financial crimes are also the one who are ones who are making the rules about financial crimes. Yeah, dude. It's like if your dad's a lawyer, carte blanche, bro. Yeah. Do whatever. D- whatever. That's yeah, it makes me sick. Ugh. Talking about this stuff like it, it like affects me. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, like, this is genuinely what I hate the most in the world. Yeah. And, like, if if I could dedicate my life to one thing, it would be ripping apart this shit and so, uh, making it so that nobody could ever do this again. I really want to learn how. That's why I want to go to law, uh, business I school. I really want to fuck over all these people. Me too. Time. I genuinely, like, I want nothing more than to litigate a corporation. Before, I wanted to headline at the comic strip. Now... Yeah. I want to take down BP. (laughs) I've been there. Now I'm going after Goldman Sachs. Yeah. (laughs) Citibank. I'm coming for you. I'm going to headline you. Coming to do an hour at at Fannie Mae. What's that? (laughs) They went down in the 2008 financial crisis. They were fucking uh, good. Rest in piss, bitch. Backwatch. (laughs) R.A.P. Bozo. That picture of that guy from 2014 Instagram in the yep. suit at his haters biggest fu- his biggest haters funeral. Thought he was a shooter till he got his ass shot. Mm-hmm. We ain't running out of money, bitch. We're running out of ops. <laughs> <laughs> That's why like music about killing people is so empowering to me because I just apply it to all these Wall Street guys. <laughs> no. Like I just listen to drill rap and I'm like, yeah, I would love to spin Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All my ops are corporations. <laughs> All my ops are LLCs. That's so lame of me, man. I sh- yeah, like, that's not anything I want anyone to know about me. Ah, you already... It's I up know. to you to edit that out now. No, I'm not editing <laughs> it Because I think it's important that people realize that I'm a loser. And people who are like me are losers. That's true. Um, I think this movie taught our parents that stuff is only bad if it affects you personally. Because yeah. he... Um, 
obviously we said it already, but uh, Charlie Sheen destroying thousands of people's lives. And then when it affects his dad a little, he's like, ah, he has a whole, you know, crisis of character. It changes yeah. his whole life. He literally becomes a police informant when yeah. he realized it hurt his dad's feelings. That's why I don't think this character, like Charlie Sheen's character is good at all because like, you really just like only stopped when it was convenient for you to stop. You're right, but he's realistic, which is why I like it. I would rather a movie about realistic and flawed people than about perfect people being ideal and doing everything right. You know what? And you're right, too, because that would make it a way more boring movie. I just think that as a guy, you can lick my balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just a weird mentality to me. Like, how do you not realize what taking someone's job does to them until you see it? Well, because he he was just saying in his head, like, it was complete diffusion of guilt. He was saying, like, if, well, if I didn't do it, somebody else was going to do it. Like, that's how he's able to justify it in his head. Uh, but it's like, yeah. you just didn't get past the, if, uh, you know, I shouldn't do this. That's where it should end is like, I shouldn't do this full stop. Yeah. Maybe I can stop another guy from doing that too. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Like maybe if you're thinking that someone else would do what you're doing, that's probably a clear sign that you shouldn't do. What yeah, you're exactly. Doing. It sounds like you're just justifying something to yourself. <laughs> I can't think of a better sign to stop. Than yeah. That. <laughs> That's what I call our podcast is uh, the union because it's uh, two gentlemen united against the world. Because we're in a gentleman's union together. We're, we're in a gentleman's <laughs> union against the confederacy of everyone else in the world. Everyone else is in a confederacy, and that means that we're the only ones that aren't racist. Instead of getting gay married, I want to have a gentleman's union with somebody. Isn't that what that is? <laughs> I don't know the difference between those two. Oh, man. Well... We got any, any any closing notes? Anything you want to plug? I'm just any feelings. Checking my notes here. What are you doing after this? Uh, hanging out. <laughs> I don't get why these like weird grifter guys waste their time with getting degrees and going into the stock market and wearing suits. Like, why wouldn't you just like do credit card fraud? Why wouldn't you just rob somebody? I guess. Because it insulates you from getting, like, arrested. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't feel like... Like, all the fucking insider trading in this movie, like, it's a crime. It doesn't feel like a crime. Like, but I that's think what that, I'm saying. The only reason it doesn't is because they're wearing suits and they're... No, they're but the nice only suits. reason it doesn't is because the crime is talking shit. I mean, like, if... if I just feel like there's such a difference between that and, like actively stealing a guy's credit card or like scamming somebody or, you know, doing any number of things that requires some level of legwork. Like insider trading is just literally being like, Hey, did you hear anything about this? Cool. Yeah. But it's, it's cheating to fuck people over. It's like, 
Yeah, I just it's mean still like fucking people over. It is. I just mean like it feels less like that than other ways of fucking people over, which but is why I think that people are able to write it off in their heads so easily. I'm not giving them an excuse. Yeah. I'm just saying that it feels different th- than committing other crimes. I think the only reason it feels like that is because you don't have to do it face to face. I think it's because it's on the computer. Yeah. No, you're probably right about and that. That's why I think it's less honorable than credit card fraud. Okay. Or then robbing a guy. I complete honestly, I completely agree with you. I, I think just, that's that's the same reason why I fucking hate drone warfare, bro. Yeah. I just think you're being an extra pussy when there's no reason for it. And yeah, I agree with you about drone warfare. That's bit shit. It's cowardice. You're bro. hiding behind a computer screen and with an Xbox controller. Joe Biden fist fight me. Yeah, and seriously. Then if you win, you can keep you can bomb Syria. Yeah. <laughs> use, keep, use as many drones as you want, but you got to go through me first. <laughs> That's such a fucked up thing to say. Well, but we are progressive on this podcast. You know, that is a progressive. That is an anti-drone stance overall. I want to be very clear. Yeah, on. yeah. It's a white savior stance. Over. Also anti-drone. Overall, it's net net positive is what I like to call that. <laughs> That's called being modern day left. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's good people in every job regardless of what it does systematically? Like, do you think there are good stockbrokers, even yeah. though it fucks people? Yeah, I do, because it's something that is completely normalized by society. You kind of get a free pass by everybody if you're fucking people over for money, or at least they get it. Um, and I mean, like like you said, you're so far away from it, I think you can really compartmentalize what the damage you're doing and also just write it off by saying, oh, somebody else will do this anyway. I'm just along for the ride. Bah, 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 bah. But I don't think someone who does that is a good person. No, I don't. I mean, I th- it's it's like I've kind of been wondering about this, too. There's a guy at my job who I like. He's a nice guy, but I also know that he's a landlord. I think being a landlord is inherently bad. Yeah. But like. He's a nice fucking guy. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the like, thing is like I like hanging out with him and he's nice to me and I'm sure he's really nice to his tenants. But at the end of the day, he's leveraging somebody's need for shelter into personal profit. And that's I think is wrong. So it's like how bad I, I guess the thing is, I don't think that anybody's fully bad because of some bad thing that they've done. I mean, it's like we're complex people who can do complex things and are capable of a lot, but that's, that's what I, I think it just depends at, on you, the outsider and how much you want to get hung up on that thing that that guy's doing. I do look at things way too black and white. Like I, and I have been doing it on this episode too, but um, yeah, like I, I don't know. I struggle with that kind of shit because I do have the impulse to say that anyone who does that is bad because they know what they're doing. Exactly. But then it's also like I have met cool dudes who are landlords and I have met cool dudes who do jobs that whatever job that I think is evil. I've met cool. I dudes mean, who yeah, do my it. my dad works for a company I know that a is objectively planner. evil. Yeah. You're oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> so does mine, though. Yeah, I exactly. I won't pretend that mine doesn't, but it's not a company. It's a government thing. It, it's, <laughs> so it's arguably even worse, but anyways. Yeah, so is mine, technically. <laughs> yeah, I guess companies are the government. But... So, but yeah. A, I think a lot of those people are just victims of the system, honestly. I feel yeah. like it's... It, honestly, dude, it reminds me... I hate that I've done two Epstein comparisons... 
But it reminds me of the fucking like girls that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell would recruit to be like, you know, fucking victimized by Epstein. And then she would flip them into getting the, uh, them to like get more girls for them to victimize. So it's like, yeah, that person technically did something bad, but like they're still a fucking victim. Yeah, I mean, that's a very extreme example. At the of end it, of the day, we're all just fucking trying to shelter and feed ourselves. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know, man. It's fucking... It, this system This system will corrupt you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's fucked. <laughs> that's my analysis. Is that, is that where we're leaving this? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. That that's, it's fucked. Just, it's just really interesting. I was trying it's, to think about no, it. No, you're right. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting th- point, but it's like... I don't know, man. I think that it really just comes down to the outsider and how much they're able to write off a, a bad thing that somebody might have potentially done despite them being a nice person around that. Yeah, I think... And I think the way we fix this, too, is, like, not with the vitriol that I always have for it. Like, I think that actually you should, like, try to love people no matter what they've yeah. done in their past and, like... Because that, like, caring about someone instead of just attacking them for something they've done in the past, like, that's what's going to change them, actually. Yeah, no, you're right. Is seeing the humanity in you after you see the humanity in them or whatever. But yeah. But it's all about seeing the humanity. Exactly. And meeting people halfway and being able to, you know, fucking be cool with them despite their flaws and any shortcomings they may have. But that being said, I don't have to do that. And if you're rich, I hate you and you're a dog. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the podcast. That's the Shout podcast. out to comedy here often. Love you guys. Shout out to uh, everybody in the world, everybody in the Edmonton comedy community, especially the 